Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened weaker today following overnight losses on Wall Street and that's as US trade data weighed on investor sentiment. In early trade, the Straits Times Index headed down 0.4% to 3,186 points, some 40 7 million securities changed hands in the broader market then. Now, Closing numbers are still firming up, but uh, here's what I have on my screen. The Straits Times Index currently down 0.59%, and we're looking at 3,179 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $943 million. Nagainas trailed losers 206 versus 315. Top 5 movers by value with Gautier, DBS, UOB, OCBC, SIA and Singtel. Heavily traded securities included C-Trim and Costco shipping. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have OCBC. Now, why so? The lender pricing in $450 million in perpetual capital securities at 4.05% under its $30 billion US dollar global medium term note program. Now, elsewhere from Amazon's Twitch, reportedly set to lay off employees to What's happening at the CES Tech Show held in Las Vegas? International headlines in focus today. Joining me, in fact, in studio is Thilan Wickramasinghe, Head of Equity Research at Maybank Securities. Uh, Thilan, welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. Thilan, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How has the SDI fed so far today? Any surprises when it comes to biggest movers, say Apple, after that agreement with Global Foundries? Yeah, something I think you kind of summarized it quite well. SDI is down today following a lot of other regional markets as well as the US and Europe. Uh, Japan, I think, is a big outlier. Uh, if you look at the biggest movers today in terms of both prices and volumes, I think a large part of that was actually driven by the interest rate sensitive sectors like the banks and the REITs. I think a lot of the euphoria of an early Fed cut back in December is starting to meet some reality, especially with the market looking out for the US inflation numbers coming out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, And if the reading shows that inflation is not dropping as fast as expected, early Fed cut expectations will need to be pushed back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, this is reflecting on share price performances, especially for the REITs, as this means that dividend yield spread over their risk-free rate will not be as high. Uh, Mm -hmm. And for the banks, you'll also need to see some rate cuts coming through to get the next leg of growth for them, especially in terms of wealth management to come around. On the other hand, we did see some positive momentum on names like SIA and SATS and Keppel. And I think part of that is uh, better earnings visibility, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, for the for the airline uh, and the transportation sector, better passenger and cargo uh, numbers coming out in their second half results soon. Mm-hmm. And Thilan, I do want to take a look at the banking sector. We've talked about OCBC pricing in some $450 million in perpetual capital securities. Uh, The bank said they are intended to qualify as OCBC's additional tier one capital. Now, I know you might not be able to comment on OCBC itself, but more broadly, why are we seeing such or are we seeing more of such moves by banks across the region? And if yes, why so? Yeah, so let's take a step back here. I mean, uh, additional tier one or 81s got a pretty bad rap 
uh, after the Credit Suisse 81 yeah. uh, got wiped out uh, 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 and and large part of that was um, because the Swiss regulator decided that 81s were junior than common mm. equity, uh, which is not usual uh, in the yes. normal payment hierarchy. Uh, this drove a collapse of 81s because this created a lot of uncertainty. Since then, a lot of major regulators across the world, and especially in our region as well, have come out to clearly state that AT1s rank higher than common equity. Plus, the instrument documentation has also been modified. So a lot of this uncertainty has gone away. Hmm. Now, this has helped bring back confidence as well as demand. We've seen a number of deals happening across Europe uh, by banks like UBS, Barclays, as well as some of the Japanese banks and now OCBC. The reality is these instruments offer high yields uh, compared to some other debt instruments. So uh, they're popular with investors Mm -hmm. uh, who are looking to add some risk to their portfolios. Now, with the Fed being uh, quite clear that interest rate hikes have peaked, investors will be looking to supplement their returns and AT1s are an attractive option, uh, especially for a lot of private banking clients. In Southeast Asia, uh, where the banks already have very strong capital levels and sound balance sheets, their AT1s are quite attractive. Now, from stock perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, these instruments help banks manage their capital structures better. And given that uh, a lot of the Southeast Asian banks, and especially the Singapore banks, have excess tier one, uh, this can lead to potentially higher dividends. And that's obviously good for share prices. Hmm. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of shares, uh, Philon, let's take a look at Japan, right? Japanese shares jumped to the highest level in nearly 34 years today. What is really driving markets and how far are pressures on the Bank of Japan to stick to that ultra-loose monetary policy upon positive for equities? I think Japan is enjoying tailwinds from several directions. Uh, For one, the ultra-easy monetary policy of the BOJ and the weak yen is helping. At the same time, uh, slower growth in China and uncertainty in Taiwan, especially ahead of the election, is also rotating some of the money into Japan as well. So the Mm -hmm. momentum trade can potentially last for a while. Uh, For the BOJ, Unwinding their loose monetary policy uh, is going to be harder, especially after the recent earthquake. Plus, you have some uh, uncertainty around when the Fed might start cutting interest rates. You don't want to be cutting, uh, you don't want to be raising your own rates when the Fed is cutting, so that can be counterproductive. Also, the domestic economy growth is not too robust yet. Uh, If you look at the wage data for Japanese workers back Mm -hmm. in November, the growth had actually slowed down quite sharply. So it may be harder for the BOJ to tighten amidst all these factors, which will be supportive for Japanese equities. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Thilan Wickramasinghe, Head of Equity Research at Maybank Securities. Well, further away, Thilan, let's take a look at Amazon's Twitch. Sources for familiar with the matter, uh, said the firm is poised to cut 35% of its stuff. Now, not too much of a surprise, I suppose, given how Twitch is performing so far. Is this a plus for Amazon, though, when we look at the current challenges facing the e-commerce industry? I mean, we've just seen what happened to Lazada. I think in general, we are seeing that the e-commerce industry and the internet sector in in broader sense rushing to right size after all the no-holds-barred sort of growth uh, that they put on in the past decade, uh, which kind of culminated in the COVID years. Um, Also, when interest rates are so high, investors are not paying managements to expand. Instead, they want to see some real returns coming Mm -hmm. through because the cost of risk is so high. Um, This is 
what uh, we have seen in the broad e-commerce industry, you know, not just in Amazon, but also in Southeast Asia, from C to Grab to now Lazada. Uh, and if you look at all these companies, especially C and Grab, their share prices have traded off their bottoms, indicating the market is rewarding the strategies of being uh, of, of bringing forward their profitability. Uh, the share prices, though, still have a long way to go uh, to get to where they were uh, during the pandemic or even pre-pandemic. But we are entering a new phase for these companies where they will be judged on how well their strategies are executed and how they plan to deliver returns on invested capital. So we think what we saw with Twitch or with Lazada are not one-offs and the industry will likely to see much more restructuring going forward. And I think that's that, that's what we're going to see with Amazon as well. Mm. And don't mind me popping this question, uh, Thelana, this follow-up question. If we look at, you said they are rebounding, but what is really needed to ensure um, longer-term business sustainability for these e-commerce firms? I think they are going to be judged like other businesses, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, You need to see return on invested capital. How are these companies uh, generating profits and Mm -hmm. how how are these companies generating profits in excess of their cost of equity and cost of capital, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the markets, when interest rates were low, uh, were quite happy to kind of forego that for growth. Uh, I think going forward, I think uh, this entire sector is kind of entering this new phase where where investors will be looking to uh, to see how these companies can deliver. And that's where you'll see the differentiation between the companies that can generate Mm -hmm. real ROICs versus the companies that can't. Let's go to the annual CES tech show, right, Thilan? Some interesting developments there. How Google is working with TikTok to stream videos from Android phones to TVs. We've got VinFast launching a new pickup truck concept. What is the one development or launch uh, that spoke to you that you think will have some form of share price implication on the company? I think for me, the biggest takeaway from the whole CES was how much AI permeated the whole show. (laughs) Um, You know, we saw Samsung showing off their Bailey uh, AI robot. We also saw saw how they're uh, upscaling um, their TV resolutions to 8K using AI. Uh, We saw Volkswagen, for instance, uh, integrating ChatGPT into their electric vehicles. We even saw a toothbrush that that had built-in AI uh, so that it can help users brush better. Mm -hmm. So I I think for me, the main sort of key takeaway was how much AI uh, was out there. Uh, We also saw names like Intel, AMD, NVIDIA unveiling new chips to integrate AI into everything from cars to PCs to phones. And I think this will create a big wave of demand, not just for these chips, but across the entire supply chain from fabrication to testing. Um, And if you look look to our part of the world, uh, especially, you know, Singapore, Malaysia, where you have quite a few stocks that are listed that can actually benefit from this. Uh, names like UMS, AEM, Franken mm-hmm. in Singapore, in Malaysia, names like Greatech or Inari, um, because they are parts of uh, this AI value chain. And, and I mm-hmm. think they will benefit from being involved in this in mm-hmm. this new wave of demand. And Thielen, if I may just very quickly follow up, right, I was just talking to some of our guests on Market Viewer, we look at just for the chip sector. Alone, AI. Those tapping on AI would see growth, whereas those that are focusing on more consumer products are seeing more perhaps sluggish growth. Right? How will AI be a major factor in reshuffling how or where these different players stand in major uh, major sectors, like for instance automotive, for instance chip making, and etc. 
Yeah, so I mean, I think there will be a key differentiation. I think a lot of the AI sort of driven firms uh, will obviously see a much faster growth in their order books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that will drive a lot of share price performances. But at the same time, I, I don't think you can discount the consumer electronics and the other segments as well, simply because as we've seen with CES, AI is entering pretty much yeah. every single, uh, you know, every single category. Um, so I think you're, you're going to see new and fresh demand and new uses for you know uh, mm-hmm. for for even the consumer electronics as well so i think we are you know it's it's a it's an exciting world out there and i think we are entering a new phase of demand uh, for for existing products but with new uses as well right exciting days indeed thanks a lot thilan that was thilan wickramasinghe head of equity research at maybank securities thank you very much for joining us on money fm 89.3 thank you before acting on the information on money fm Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.